All right, what is up, everybody? This is Hunter Williams. Today's gonna be episode 55 of the NeuroEdge podcast. I have a very special guest, and I'm honored and privileged to have him on my show. He is the world's foremost authority and leader in the hormone optimization space, health optimization, you name it. But anyway, if you don't know him, his name is Jay Campbell. And again, I'm honored to have you here. What's up, brother? Hunter, man, you sent me that email. It was amazing, um, you know, saying that I've helped you in your life and stuff like that. And I was very touched. Um, and then, you know, I started looking into you. I read your story. You know, you sent me this amazing document. So we're, we're, we're kindred spirits, man. We're li very like-minded people, um, which as you know, in this day and age right now, we're, we're seemingly all gravitating towards one another. So I'm honored and humbled to be on your show here today. And uh, I think we're going to make some magic in this podcast. Sweet. Well, the first thing I want to talk about, obviously, you know, a bunch about training, fitness, anything related. So what we're kind of talking about the gyms. What has your training routine looked like during COVID? Because I've almost gone crazy trying to places to train stuff. So what is it? Like? No, you still got a good neck, bro. You can tell you were hitting. <laughs> Do my. Yeah. Um, it's a great question. Um, truthfully, my wife and I, uh, you know, I said this story a couple times on a couple other podcasts, but I'll just re just do a high level sum. Um, you know, we came back from Cabo. We were blessed. We landed on Tuesday of, I think it was like the 13th or the 12th of March or whatever it was, the 11th. And right when we got off the plane in Cabo, people were like, you got to come back. The world's ending. Blah! You know, so we're like, no, fuck that. We're not coming back. We're staying until Sunday. We got there on Tuesday. We actually had one of my best friends in Miami meet us there. We're, we're going to enjoy it. And, and, and again, we had an amazing experience. But when we came back on Sunday night, you know, the airport was dead. Everybody was like in somber mode. Literally in the Uber back to my house, I told my wife, we're going to Walmart, we're going to Target, and we're buying whatever we can get because they're going to shut it all down. So I was fortunate to get 20, I'm sorry, yeah, 20 pounders, 15 pounders, 10 pounders, and I think seven and a half pounders. Um, for my wife and my daughters to use and I bought a bush a raised push-up bar Right, you know, so the bracketed one and then we already always had a pull-up bar in our house because we do Hanging leg raises after we do cardio, right? It's in my bathroom in our master bathroom So between that and just doing a lot of push-ups Some you know some shoulder uh, dumbbell stuff. I didn't have heavies. I finally got 30s um, About six seven weeks into the fiasco, but dude, that's it. It was just in our garage we bought a carpet too when I was at Walmart. We bought like a big carpet so we can like lay on the carpet, you know, do abs or whatever, push-ups. But fuck, dude, up until last Monday, that's it. You know, one of my good friends built a gym in his house in his garage, and he's not going back to the gym anymore. We've been training together for a long time. Uh, great guy. His name's George Cordova. But uh, he was like, just come over, dude. You know, I got a Smith machine. I've got cable attachments and all that stuff. But uh, I never did. So I just kind of stayed in the gym. I mean, stayed in our garage. We just, like I said, we just rebooted um, at LA Fitness. But as long as you can do some form of pressing, contracting the upper body, you know, pull-ups, you know, whether it's lat contraction or chest contraction, and then something to flex your triceps and your, and your biceps. I mean, obviously you can do free squats. No lie, dude, I literally lost probably like three inches on both of my legs because even just doing air squats, <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm old, right? So it's like, I can't, I, I don't want to do weighted 20 pound dumbbell squats because I'm tall, right? I'm 6'2", and it just puts too much stress on my lower spine. Um, so I just said, fuck it, you know? So once a week, I was just doing literally freestanding air squats. And I do like, you know, two sets of 50. 
right? And it would and it would it would work. I would be sore, but it, it it's not stimulating, you know, size, right? Like when you're tra- training with leg presses or whatever you're doing, you know, to maintain some size. So I lost size in my legs, but I, just, you know, as you know, I do a lot of cardio. So I mean, I kept good muscularity but i mean i lost size i mean when i was doing leg press on wednesday for the first time in literally four months i was like shit my legs look like i was 19 years old the same you know? thing the, the one gym i was telling you about it just opened here i went back and it was like the weights felt like different like i went to go pull them and i was like whoa that's yeah, heavier because i just got a kettlebell so i bought yeah. a 53 pound kettlebell that's awesome yeah kettlebell like full body but you get bored right you get bored yeah yeah. You do the same shit for three months in a row and you get bored. You want to go back and have some more dynamic, you know, aspects to your training. But, you know, to also to ask your question, like, as you know, and I say this all the time, the average person does not know how to train with weights, right? They follow bullshit they read in magazines or internet stuff where they say, oh, well, you know, you should do split body, chest and back, and you should do four or five exercises with like four sets with like 10 to 12 reps or eight to 10 reps or four to six. I mean, it's all nonsense. You know, as you know, a good friend, Jim Brown, you know, he created a training methodology called forge. Right. And it's like, when you learn to actually train to positive muscle failure, it doesn't matter whether you're a 22 year old elite mesomorph or a 75 year old, you know, skinny fat ectomorph training to muscular failure will create, the strongest, most efficient muscle, and you don't have to do it for a long time. And most people are just completely, again, brainwashed, if not you know, conditioned to follow what they read online or in the bodybuilding magazines, like when I was growing up, and they always have like guys that are just doing massive amounts of training, geared up to their, you know, to gil- yeah. geared to the gills. It's insanity. I mean, no one, <laughs> as you know, like, you know, the whole forge methodology is like, two sets will kill you, right? Like if you can warm up effectively and then you know how to actually contract your muscle fibers at 20 to 25 reps, whatever it is, you know, at 60 to 70% of your max, that's going to build up the most amazing physique ever. And I didn't even learn to train that way, bro, until I was 40 years old plus. I built more muscle over the age of 40 than I ever built in my 30s. And obviously in my 30s, when I was really learning to be a biohacker and experimenting with therapeutic testosterone, you know, I used a little bit of like EQ. I used a little bit of oxandrolone. I used a little bit of low dose growth hormone. I was biohacking, experimenting. I never built the muscle that I built in my 40s with just therapeutic testosterone and effective, what we call PMF, positive muscular failure training. And very few people ever learn to train that you know and i always tell guys seriously like i can take any guy who doesn't know how to train to failure and take them through one workout and they'll be sore for a week now obviously once you figure that out you know then your workouts become so much more efficient but as you know if you're going to the gym counting reps counting sets you're never training to failure because you're leaving room in the tank to finish the fucking sets and reps that your program says you got to do yeah because you see so many people too that, like you said, don't know how to lift, but also like doing the negative part right. of a lift too. And you see people just like hurling their, <laughs> like, and the damage. Because I've been there. Yeah, because I've been there when we train for football because it's just like get as much weight on the bar because they want to. Exactly, see. exactly. And there, you know, there is some room for, you know, uh, acceleration. And force production, you know, like I can see that for, again, sports performance. But for somebody who's literally trying to look good naked, 
it's just ridiculous. You have to remove ego. You have to remove momentum. I mean, the worst thing you can do as a young guy is going to the gym at the meat market hour and watching all the idiots, you know, load up the bars. <laughs> That's right? what people are learning too, because they said humans learn by looking at what other people are doing. How, by the way, how tall are you? I'm like six foot. Six foot. Okay, so you're 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 a pretty big size guy. So the average guy. You know, you, you know yeah. Alexander Juan Antonio Cortez. I was just reading his stuff. He sent out a really good message yesterday about tall man training. But, like, the reality is the average guy on planet Earth will never build muscle from doing a bench press, right? Like, strength, you definitely can build strength. And, you know, for if, you, if you need it for performance, for football, or for, you know, for a uh, strong man, then, yeah. But, like, to actually build a really solid physique, a bench press is almost a worthless exercise. Like you literally have to be perfectly anatomically designed, keep your shoulder back, have no impingement, have no like, you know, the right clavicle width. You and I have wide shoulders, but like the average guy gets nothing from bench pressing other than like imbalanced shoulders. I was going to say messed up delts and everything. Right, messed up deltoids yeah. and, and, and basically, you know, the, the, the ape, the inverted, yeah. you know, like this, right? So it's like, it's, 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 it's insanity. Like again, but as you know, everything we've ever been told is pretty much the opposite of the truth. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> I did want to ask you, just because you're another leading authority, I'm going to get into peptides. Sure. Someone that has never heard the word peptide, doesn't know what that is, where would they start and what's like the best way, obviously you're writing a book about it, sure. is the best way to get into it and like how can they benefit and then also like where do we go, like what do the next five years look like? Yeah, no, great questions, man. Awesome questions. So obviously my book is coming out. Somebody stole it. Well, it was going to be called the Peptide Bible. But a very, very leading authority who I happen to be very close friends with has already stolen that name. Thankfully, I was told that. He won't return my text messages now. But we're calling ours the Peptide Handbook. And it absolutely, um, it absolutely is an amazing book. It's very, very, it's written for the layperson. So to answer your question, to be a total shill, our peptide book is literally coming in the next two to three weeks. So whenever you publish this, hopefully, I don't know, when it, whenever, it doesn't matter when you publish it, but it's coming. This is uh, June 23rd. So it'll be, it should be out by the end of July. It's written for a person that's never used peptides, has no fucking clue what a peptide is, doesn't even know what the definition of it is. Um, so, you know, it teaches like how to um, take a, a, a bottle and convert it, you know, how to take a lifelized power and insert bacterial static water, how to inject you know, the right type of syringe to fill it with water versus the type of insulin syringe to inject yourself, you know, teaches you how to inject yourself subcutaneously. All the little things that an advanced user of peptides like has forgotten are in the book because we're obviously, we understand that we wanted to really create the first half of the book as like a peptides for dummies book. But um, peptides is an amazing thing. To answer your question specifically, I would have them go to jccampbell.com you know, my new site is like the functionality on there is insane. You know, my website guy has like created insane um, searchability now. So I'm going to say this because I've been on there. It's laid out perfectly. For like, yeah, it's sick, dude. It's sick. Uh, it took me 17 so years. 17 years to actually finally have a site that was searchable and indexable. And by the way, they're just getting started because I have so much content that's just like all over the place on Google. So they're going to redirect it all. But um, if you just search peptides, you'll get five podcasts. You get the podcast that, you know, three podcasts that me and Ryan Smith have done. There's one, actually there's six podcasts. There's three that him and I have done. There's two with uh, me and Ryan and, and then uh, Blake, who's the other leading pharmacist at TaylorMade. 
And then of course there's two recently that I've done with Ben Greenfield and Nick Andrews. Now, uh, let me just throw some uh, love to Nick. Nick is the smartest peptide guy on the planet. Ryan is like, you know, the guy that everybody knows because he's working for Big Pharma, but Nick is in the background consulting for Big Pharma. <laughs> and he is, Ryan and Nick, you know, when Ryan gets around Nick, Ryan's like, you know, that kind, right? So, so I'm very blessed to work with him, dude, because he's going to create some solutions and some products that are going to be coming out that are going to literally change the world, assuming the world maintains itself. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just a big, big, big question mark at this point right now where we're at. But uh, to start with peptides, you definitely should look if you're a man. You know, I, I'm sure most of the guys that watch your podcast are dudes, but you know, for the women, um, I, I still think that from a fat loss, muscle gain, skin elasticity, better sleep standpoint, IPA morelin, which is IPA, M-O-R-L-E-I-N, is the best peptide for one specific reason. It does not affect endogenous growth hormone release, right? So it does not shut down your pituitary from pitu producing a diurnal pulse of growth hormone itself, right? Whereas a lot of the other peptides, <clears throat> we won't get into them because I don't want to get too esoteric, but they can shut down the body's natural production. They can also increase potential side effects like prolactin and cortisol increases, which you don't want. So again, I don't want to like, you know, go down the rabbit hole talking about peptides, but the, the future is insane. You know, uh, Nick and I are going to be doing a podcast pretty soon about mRNA encoded peptide uh, formulations and um, bioengineered drugs that literally talk about like changing the game they can literally come in you can get one shot every three years and change molecularly the dna imprint of your genes right so if you're somebody that has like not enough type 2 muscle tw uh, twitch fibers and you want to be you want to have a bodybuilder physique you want to look like you and me they can change you by you know there's these mrna encoded uh, protein injections right so it's like a uh, a, a really advanced form of peptides on steroids. You know, there, there's you probably are familiar right now with like what's out there in the marketplace now, which is still rare. It's called exosomes. So yeah. basically, this is like the next. I think that's what a lot of the best athletes, like your right, your Tom Brady, like those right, 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 like exactly. Playing. That's exactly right. That's exactly what they've been using, and they, you know, they're hidden, and you know, they they get away through WADA, you know, that's a whole nother conversation, but yeah, that's exactly right. They've been using those type of, you know, game changing recovery um, agents, you know, ergogens for probably three or four years. And again, because the drug testing authority is so far behind the times always, they don't really know about those things, but yeah. So like MRNA stuff and, 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 and the last podcast that Nick and I did, which I think came out like three weeks ago, uh, right when the Jay Campbell site launched, right around then, he talks about that for about 10 minutes. And that's what he's involved in. Like literally his company that he works for as a consultant is involved in that um, see-through and approval right now when that stuff comes into the marketplace. And according to Nick, COVID may have shut it down a little bit, but he says by, by middle of next year, there's going to be, that's going to be in the marketplace. Now it'll be really expensive, but you know, if you remember, um, you know, peptides were really expensive at one time too. So as everything is, it gets more ubiquitous in the marketplace, prices will come down. But we really are, um, Hunter, right now on the verge of a biochemical, biotechnical, you know, golden age. You know, we're, it's all there. It's in the, it's out there right now for some people like who are, you know, lucky enough or connected to enough people that can talk about it. But then at the same time, big pharma is attempting to limit it too, right? Because as you know, they've shut down a lot of, 
the compounding pharmacy's access to peptides, which means, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your perspective, you're going to have to move to research chemical companies or quote unquote gray market means to get these amazing um, compounds because, you know, the uh, pharmaceutical industry doesn't want you to have them. Yeah. Which is just crazy in the sense that you think of like the technology available to make yourself the best version of yourself. So like the healthiest version of yourself, literally restricted by our government, big pharma, they're all the same, you know, but they don't want healthy people, bro. You know that I talk about sick care. I've been talking ranting about that for six years, but they want people fat, inflamed, addicted to their pills, who then go bankrupt or die, and preferably for them both at the same time in their 70s. You know, they want everybody who doesn't understand the things that you and I talk about to just be connected to big pharma at 60 and then taking 15 to 20 to 30, sometimes 40 color-coded pills a day until their liver their pancreas and their kidneys stop processing them and they die. Right. And a lot of times too, they get so sick, the side effects of the medications fail the other side effects. And so they're taking pills to, to medicate the side effects. So I mean, imagine what happens to these people's bodies, but dude, as you know, the older generation, it's like my doctor said, I got to take this. They have no ability to critically think, bro. Well, that's what I hope that, younger generation as it gets older like the only thing you can do is control yourself like your doctor's not going to save you no one else is going to save you you have to be in control of your own health and be the one that sticks up and says hey this is what i'm gonna do which is totally for my mission you know like i want to be able to help people help themselves because your doctor's not going to do it and a lot of the conventional wisdom about what your doctor's going to tell you is wrong anyway so no dude i mean that, and, and again you know to their credit because i work with a lot of the best ones they weren't taught the truth. They were bullshitted in medical school. Big Pharma controls everything. You know, from cradle to grave, they're taught and given information that serves Big Pharma. It doesn't serve the patient. And thankfully, a lot of them have rebelled, right? And they've become functional medicine people, osteopathic people. Uh, you know, they don't even like prescribe drugs other than maybe like metformin, you know, testosterone and, um, you know, desiccated thyroid. So, I mean, like, you know, thankfully there is a movement in medicine to just get away from it. Yeah. Yeah, sad is really is the sick care system. Um, yeah. But, you know, right now you're launching the Phoenix as well as uh, your Oxana. Did I say that right? Yeah, you got it right. Um, and just give people, because one, the Phoenix is amazing and also something that moves us away from Big Pharma being Absolutely. on Big Pharma. Um, and if you don't know, that's for erectile dysfunction and even you don't have to have ED for it. Um, but I'm really interested, you, you've talked about this a little bit before, in the muscle repair benefits, yes. the athlete and everything, like how we can use that and then how, like results you've had, people you've had, and then also like different stacks that you can use that with. Yeah, no, no, for sure. So, um, so the Phoenix slash the rocket, and you know, I'm happy to say this on this podcast now today, but there basically is going to be two, two, two devices in the market. They're the same exact device. They do the exact same thing, but the rocket is going to be like a lower end third world countries where people don't have, a, you know, the money to spend 750 bucks or a thousand dollars or whatever ended up becoming like, which is the Phoenix. So you'll be able to like, Basically, it'll be a pay-as-you-go model. So you'll get the hardware for whatever it is, you know, 99 bucks, 69 bucks, wherever it is. And then every time you want to tune yourself, whether you want to use it for erectile, you know, sexual performance 
or you want to use it on your shoulder, your, you know, your delt, or any soft tissue, you just pay as you go, right? So it's a brilliant model. It'll work with your phone. You know, you'll have an app on your phone, and it'll just beam the um, what you pay. It'll just give access to the, to the device. Um, and then the Phoenix will be the standalone, you know, basically marketed more towards the sophisticated and the affluent who can afford it for a thousand dollars one time. And again, the device is sensational. We'll talk about it. You know, it's a acoustic wave technology. It harnesses the power of vibration. Uh, I wrote an article last week for my website. It's on there right now. It's a top article. It's basically how, how the Phoenix utilizes the power of vibration to heal. Um, you know, the ancients, the Egyptians, a lot of ancient cultures used vibration, um, acoustic wave technology or tuning to heal and you know we now know from just research and obviously things that have been done in the last 10 years like all the pyramids on this planet were essentially giant superconductors of the schumann resonance right the earth frequency the central earth frequency and so they were allowed you know you could go into those temples slash um, pyramids and you could be healed through the power of sound through the power of amplification and amplitude and again just the natural earth frequency um, but now we know through this device, and I don't have it on me right now to show you, but this device uses a very significant energy charge. It's a brilliant device, right? Because the technology that they've had for the last like 20 years in medical offices costs fifty dollars to $60,000 to generate this sort of power to get this sort of healing amplitude in the device. And, you know, John Hoffman is a brilliant inventor and the patent holder of this device, you know, created the signature in a small, seamless you know, streamlined interface that people can use all over their body. Now, um, as I wrote in the article, not, not only will it heal soft tissue, and by the way, I've used it on my shoulder. I was in a really bad bicycle accident in New York City, Central Park in 2017. And uh, it was bad. I blew up my shoulder really, really bad. And um, I've been using the device now since I got it, which was about six weeks ago. Actually, not even five weeks ago. And I have complete full range of motion now. I could not, I literally cannot do overhead presses. And now I have complete full range of motion. I've been using it on there. So you can use it on any soft tissue. And again, through the power of sound, it increases blood flow. It improves angiogenesis, which is the improvement or the increasing of collagen formation at the cellular level right there at the dermis. Um, and it gets rid of primarily, and this is how it works for erectile dysfunction, it gets rid of microplaque. So as we live, right, and as we go through life and age, we collect microplaque in our capillaries and our vascular uh, walls and tissue. And this device, through the sound of you know healing or vibration sound, it's our basically harmonic frequency, pushes it out and gets rid of it. So it's absolutely amazing. It also works on cellulite, right? So if you're a woman and you got a ton of cellulite dimples in your glute ham tie-in, which obviously millions, if not billions of women have that, it will get rid of it in that capacity. And then the last thing, and again, I say this to you, Hunter, there's a lot of things we probably don't know yet, right? Like it can probably cure. Say, with the, the acoustic frequency stuff, there's so much more levels of advancement going on there. Right. It's beyond exactly. what our science can interpret today. Schmientism, our schmientism. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. <laughs> but, but, but so like, yeah, and, and to your point, you know, I wrote about this in the article. There was a brilliant scientist who, of course, has been suppressed. His name is Royal Rife. He actually created a machine in the 30s, that, and he also called a, uh, a pulse, uh, what is it called? He called it the pulsometer, where you could basically create, the, or he figured out the frequency to eradicate pathogenic disease and pathogenic issues. So anything that your body had, there was a free, a, 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 an amplitude and a pulse 
that you could use with his device to kill whatever it is you have. So cancer, moles, planters, warts. I mean, a lot of things. It's amazing. And again, he's suppressed. You can Google it, Wikipedia. The guy's name is Real Rife. I linked to him in my article. But yes, there's tons of things that we don't know yet. But here's the greatest thing is Peyronie's disease is a very understood disease for men where they have uh, curvature of the penis. And basically what happens is, you know, most of these guys, they don't live a clean life. They get inflamed. Yeah. yeah. And then they get, you know, really hard, dense contractile tissue that builds up in the penis and the penis curves, right? So far, and, you know, guys can go on the sites, getmyphoenix.com, um, and they can read some of the testimonials or listen to the video testimonials. But guys that are treating this with, who have diagnosed Peyronie's, are literally getting complete clearance in four or five sessions. So it is a wonder tool because there's the estimated like 30 million people on planet earth that suffer from Peyronie's and that's just the people that actually report it. It's probably a lot more guys because as you know, there's a lot of people living FMF or lifestyles. So this is an amazing tool to give men their sexual life back and actually give them the ability to get, because truthfully when they get an erection and you have Peyronie's, it's horribly painful. Yeah. So you don't want that, right? So, so you're right. There's a lot of things that the Phoenix does. Um, it's just right now, there's like a huge issue on the planet because um, they're having issues getting them through customs. They're coming from China. The manufacturing company in China, in China is actually a U.S. company. It's the same company that manufactures Tesla's components and in, in, uh, intricate pieces. But it's post-COVID world now, Hunter, and, you know, anything yeah, Isn't it crazy? Of- I was just going to say, isn't it crazy, like, at the precipice of this moment where it's like, all this stuff is tipping, we're like, all these technologies and stuff are coming out, we have this, they're just like... The so- system is blocking yeah. it. Oh, and I, and dude, I have, dude, I have death threats. I have people that, that follow me, they're like, dude, how can this happen? You know, and again, as I say, you know, too many of these guys are vibrating down here, but the reality is, is I get it, man. I empathize with them. I know they're pissed. I know a lot of these guys are hurting financially. They're not making as much money. A lot of them are out of work and they just want to zap their penis, right? Like that's what they say. And I get it, but you're right. It's like, there's so many things about to like explode and build this golden age, but it's just these little things are broken. And again, all the things that are broken are part of the old antiquated systems, customs, I mean, how retarded is that? That it goes in there and it's like the Indiana Jones movie. Remember with the Ark of the Covenant, yeah. they're putting it in a in a giant warehouse. It's the same shit. Yeah. You know, they've had they've actually dude, they've actually had phoenixes there since two, uh, July fourteenth, nine days, yeah. and they still have not been released from customs, dude. So there's like all these thousands of men around the world that want their device and they can't get it because it won't come out of customs. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's just sad where like everything is at right now, and it's a lot, like, especially a lot of people in the younger generation, like my age. They're the they're the what I call the there's an app for that. So they want everything now, and it's exactly bro. like we were talking about like before even one like does this or goes like on TOT or whatever. It's like take care of what you're in control of because you're not you can't just push a button and fix it. You got you got to do the work. Yeah. Bro, there's no, there's not many people like you. And I say that to you in very big credit, you know, when I found out how old you were and I read your, like I said, I saw this document that you prepared. I'm like, fuck, you know, there's, you're, you're, you're a very advanced soul, but yeah. And you know, and I, and I, I used to get mad at them and talk shit, but I don't anymore because they're just a product of their environment. They're a product of the age. You know, they grew up in an age where everything as you have has been pretty much 
readily accessible, right? Like I joke all the time, right? When I went to college, I didn't even have computers. Like I had to go to the Dewey Decimal System and spend hours just researching shit. Whereas now you just like say the word and Siri, Alexa, you know, or, um, you know, uh, whatever the other one is, Google can just find it. Like, you know, just what is that? And then there's a definition and people have become so lazy, Hunter, because it's so easily accessed that they don't take it, they take it for granted. They don't realize the value that they have by actually being able to read it, dissect it, understand it. And as you know, and you know, Nick talks about this on the podcast we did, because this is the kind of shit he deals with. Again, he's a you know, brilliant brainiac uh, biochemical engineer, but he goes to these facilities where these fucking Ivy League educated, you know, masters in chemical engineering guys have completely fucked up the plant because they don't even know like basic chemistry. And, you know, it's like, he's like, bro, he's like, you have no idea. He's like, these guys have all gone from like A to B in the fastest way, you know, you know, in college to get that piece of paper, but they didn't learn anything in between A and B. It's like, uh, I'm not Vonnegut book, we always like talks about it, like you couldn't find your ass with both hands if you were stuck in a room by yourself. And it's literally like we go through all this, like get saddled up with student debt and everything, and then people can't. I'm thankful my family like taught me how to actually work <laughs> growing right. up, but it's like you got to like your degree doesn't mean anything. It's who no. you up every single day. Like every single day, you got to get up and prove your value to the world. You know, well, it's like you said, you have to do the work. And I've been saying that for a decade, but until you learn that it's not about the piece of paper and you know this, it's about the journey, you know, it's not the destination, it's the journey, but you have to obviously embrace the, the work that's, you know, compensate or commensurate with the journey and like not wanting to do the journey and wanting the shortest way, you know, from A to B, you know, the hack, the ninja tactics, like you're not learning anything. Yeah. Which is amazing and thankfully I came across your stuff because I had never fasted before in my life especially like being an athlete like I had to keep my weight on so I was like 6,000 calories of course, of course. <laughs> what happens and it sounds like one of those things like you got to be there but I promise like if you have never fasted before especially like a longer fast like everybody talks about intermittent fasting but I'm talking like 24 hours 48 hours the transformation that takes place in your brain and I don't know and some spiritual level but it's also this mechanism that changes in your brain where you're able to stop instant gratification and actually sit down, think about things, think about your life and what's going on um, is amazing. And I've been fasting for three years now. And like the, the mental and spiritual progress I've made since I really started doing that is amazing. And it's like sets this thing in your brain where you're able to not be in the instant gratification world all the time, you know? <laughs> I love that, man. I've never had anybody really explain it to me in that way, but that's exactly it. And, and you know, those biochemical processes, obviously you're creating, um, uh, what is it? What, what's the brain? Autophagy. Uh, well, autophagy and hormesis are the, are, are the, um, the biochemical processes, but what am I, what's the, what's the chemical? Um, oh, brain-derived neurotropic, brain-derived neurotropic factor. And so it's the release of brain-derived neurotropic factor that is what is giving you what you said, which is, the release of instant gratification and ego and impulsive behavior and, and, and uh, you know, desires and wants, because realistically, as you know, we're very, very sun dependent, you know, with our circadian rhythm. And when you're just like not in control and, you know, I'm reading the, the amazing Walter Russell, he talks about, you know, you're, you either know because you, like you said, you know, you can actually control your impulses or you're just a body sensor. 
and you're just going from one thing to the next, whether it's having an orgasm or eating a donut, you know, it's like serotonin, dopamine, serotonin, dopamine. So it's like when you can recognize that you don't need all the things that society pushes on you, remember, consume, obey, consume, obey. And you can just, like you said, you know, be silent and take a moment to reflect, hey, I don't need to eat. Why do I need to eat? Am I hungry? Because most people don't never eat when they're hungry. They just eat because they think they have to eat or they're conditioned for marketing to eat. But, but yeah, so once you start fasting regularly, and obviously I've written a couple of um, pretty profound books on that. And I, you know, true story, if I've ever said this on a podcast, I started fasting in 2007. Now I was playing around, you know, I was in a group with Martin Burkans, who by the way is such a dick. Um, and I hate saying that about people when I do podcasts, but he is just such a dick and he knows he's a dick and I'll tell him to his face. But the reality, the reality is, um, you know, he put good information out a long time ago about fasting and, you know, I then took his information and like anything else, you know, I created my own stuff. And when I was working with clients way back in the day, which I really don't do that much anymore, I do coach sometimes for some very elite people. But um, when I was working with people just, you know, once a week or once a couple times a month and stuff like that, you know, I created my own white paper on fasting and I made my own hacks and my own adaptations to it. And then of course, later people were like, dude, you should write a book. So I created the Metabolic Blowtorch Diet, which was in 2017 when we released it. And honestly, like, I'm not kidding you. I came back from Thailand motivated to write that book. And it was an 11 page white paper. And I made it into a 180 page book in like six weeks. Like I had, I was channeling the divine mind of God. There's no doubt about it to make that book. Cause you've read it. It's an amazing book. And it's, you know, probably when you look at fasting protocols and systems in the world, alternate day fasting is the best. It works for everyone. It's simple to follow. You don't have to meal prep. It's like, one day you train and you eat, and the next day you do cardio and you don't eat. It's not hard to follow, right? I think too, because intermittent fasting is pretty big in the ether. Are people talking about it? And I even hear just like people I talk to, they're like, oh yeah, I'm doing intermittent fasting. But they don't account for the metabolic effect over time. Right. Your metabolism slows. And that's why people, they end up yo-yo dieting. So intermittent fasting turns into... Atkins diet or whatever it is. Exactly. Well, 14 to 16 hours, let's be clear, is not fasting, right? No. Like the, the research on fasting shows that autophagy and hormesis occurs at 18 hours. Like your body has to go 18 hours without an energetic caloric demand of whatever, whatever unit um, to really get into that biochemical cascade where you then have um, catecholamines, fight or flight hormones, and again, you know, your body, when you become what I call fast adapted, your body blunts those responses. When you're first doing it and you don't eat for 18 hours, you know, your body goes, definitely goes into some serious, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, and you can get loopy and, you know, all those things. But once your body becomes fast adapted, like the only thing that really happens then is like, as you know, you, you lose more stubborn body fat. And that's why I love fasting, you know, at 20 hours or 19 hours or 21 hours um, because, and doing a second cardio session, you know, this is obviously an advanced hack, but like, you know, doing a fasted cardio session in the morning where you're like 12 or 13 hours in your fast or 11 hours or whatever. And then, you know, doing a second session at the end of the day, right when you're about to break your fast. And sometimes you don't have to, you know, but you're 20 hours, 21 hours in. So you have all of the biochemical cascade processes working. And now you're also doing moderate cardio you know steady state not high impact not you know you don't want to keep tapping the the uh, glycolytic energy 
energy cycle. You want to stay, stay in the fat, you know, glycerol, free fatty acids for your energy. And you increase your body's lip lipolytic response mechanisms and you increase thermic BMR, your basic metabolic rate. So again, you get that double whammy of like, not only is your body fasting for 20 hours, but now you just gave it a very smart, strategic controlled cardiovascular session where you're increasing your body's reliance on the fat that you have still stored to burn, right? To use as its energy construct. So there's a lot of hacks in that book. And then obviously I made this book, you know, after, which is like the really advanced version of that. Um, and it's really short, you know, some people buy it, you know, like what the fuck, bro, I'm used to getting 700 page books from you. And I bought this book and it's only 23 pages, you know, and it's a PDF. Why am I paying 50 bucks? And I said, because you're paying 50 bucks because that's 20 years of trial and error research to apps. And you know this, right. To absolutely ensure that you get shredded. And I, and, and listen, and you know this, and, I, and you can read the reviews on Amazon. So people don't, you know, fact check me. There's no one that's done those diet, done an alternate day fasting, you know, blow torch guaranteed shredder, whatever you want to call it, that it hasn't worked for. Like, you know, I get 68 year old ladies who never trained a day in their life. They walk with their dogs, you know, who do this diet and lose, you know, 15, 10% of their body fat, right? In a matter of six weeks. And they feel, as you said, you feel good because you're now tapping into BDNF and you're tapping into the spiritual aspect of, not eating impulsively and being controlled by your, you know, ego and your, you know, uh, desires of food. And that, and that, that's what ends up happening. And like I said, like, you know, you said it already. I mean, everyone should fast. You know, I actually even recommend now Hunter, I recommend that you should do a 72, at least a 60 hour, but if you can do a 72 hour fast, like once a month, because again, all the, it's like a fumigation of your cells. Yeah. It's like literally, you know, you're increasing senescence. Again, I don't want to get too esoteric and people don't know what I'm talking about, but like you're basically doing a giant cellular bio, bio system fumigation and you're, get, you're teaching your body to reboot itself and to recreate, you know, all the cells that are really just kind of dead and just slopping off in your body anyway. Yeah. Well, if you look at the human history, how long have we eaten three to five meals a day? maybe a few hundred years 150 years tops bro yeah and then what did we do for hundreds of thousands and that was only rich people it's really yeah. only been like the last 50 years where people had microwave ovens and shit that you could buy in circle k's that was in packages that's used worthless but as you know look at our species now i mean packaged food is poison there is i mean don't get me wrong it tastes good i eat it every now and then but it's literally garbage it it breaks down our DNA. It sits, I mean, we now know this too, like all that trans, you know, all the, uh, the fructose stuff, the, the HFCs, all that shit literally sits in our visceral fat and doesn't metabolize. It doesn't even digest. It creates all sorts of disease sitting in the fat. You know, these idiots that come at me on social media and say, GMO food is the greatest invention ever in the history of mankind because we feed the poor and we feed hundreds of millions. So what do you say? I had one guy tell me that like a couple weeks ago. I was like, dude, even if you just like the corn has BT toxin in it, which is used to kill, and it's going into your stomach. Yeah, it's not going to kill you tomorrow, but it's like that's messing up your whole digestive. Bro, it's schmientism, dude. They, they <laughs> don't they don't understand. You know, again, credit to Jim Brown. You know, if God didn't make it, you shouldn't eat it. It's that simple. You know, all these crazy people now who are like, 
you know, if you're not a vegan, you're not spiritual. I mean, it's insanity, dude. I mean, the whole veganism movement is a fraud anyway. It's, you know, game changers, all those people behind it are selling all that impossible garbage, you know, yeah. that's high soy, high phytoestrogen crap. I mean, it's just, it's a scam. And so many people that go down that path. And again, you know, like if you want to be a vegan for spiritual purposes, go fine, be my guest, but you better do it right. You better understand that your body needs essential amino acids that can only come from pea protein, not from fucking lecithin or soybean. There's just, people are so- You really need digestive enzymes to help it break down. There's a million things. I have a really good friend, very advanced guy. Throw it, shout out his name. His name is Greg Gastelum. Very like us, very spiritually aware, bodybuilder, you know, trains, knows what he's doing, really smart, well-to-do, owns a bunch of cannabis places in in, uh, LA. He basically did it for nine months. And, you know, he wrote it all out. I helped him design everything. And he's like, dude, after nine months, I went crazy. And he was taking, you know, lysine and B vitamins. He was doing everything exactly as... And, you know, he got a little leaner, you know, he definitely lost muscle. He, he, he felt good in the first six months, but by, by, by eight or nine months in, he definitely had a performance decline. He did not have the power and the torque that he would normally have. And he was on testosterone and thyroid and metformin, but he did not have when he was eating meat. And he basically just, you know, surmised or surmised that was like, if you continue to go down that path, you are going to be less energetic. And I think anyone who's been a vegan for a long time will tell you that you lose weight and you become less energetic. Now, I know people will debate me and they'll fight me. And I, you know, there's you know, plenty of people that are outliers, but the average person, Hunter, cannot go on a vegan diet for long. And the very real reason for that is, is because our digestive tract, our microbiome has evolved over literally thousands of years to digest animal protein. And so if you deny that because for spiritual purposes or for whatever, then you better be ready to deal with the ramifications and the repercussions of denying something that has literally taken thousands of years to evolve. I would never tell anyone what to do, but if you think if you're in touch with your intuition, you're gonna know what's good and bad for you to eat. And if you like it, like if someone wants to do it for spiritual reasons or whatever, that's fine. Right. Um, but it's like, your but your body knows best and the best thing you can do is get your your intuition closer to knowing what's best for you and then you're going to know what but um i mean if, no it's true it's what walter russell says is be silent and know yeah. like you, you you have to get to a point where you stop sensing and start knowing and you can't start knowing which you know we can say right to that point right now is until you have a daily ritual practice of silencing the mind and honestly like I'm not big into meditation. I mean, I've meditated for a decade, but I'm more into contemplation. You know, I'm more into going into nature with an amazing book, no headphones, the sounds of nature, my animals, my feet in the grass or the mud or the water or whatever. And just, you know, again, I just always go back to give him credit. He says, be silent and know. And that is literally, nature is God. It is the divine creative force the energy of the universe and you know i've written about plant medicine and we could talk about that if you want but like the reality is is like all of the frequency of god which is again you know whatever you want to call it for source creator divine intelligence universal mind whatever 
frequency. You know, when I was under the influence of 5-MeO, which I've done now three times in my life, and the last two times, it was much more intentional, much more desiring of what I wanted out of it. I sensed that it was just a gigantic harmonic frequency. And when you're under the influence of it and you leave this physical body, which as you know, is just what we, 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 we're animating. Yeah. You are not your body. I am not my body. We are energy. We are a soul, <laughs> a, a spirit being. But when you're really under the influence of that and you sense what you are, you feel like an energetic construct. Like I tell people, I felt like a slinky. Yeah. Like I was touching my body while I was out of my body. And it's almost, yeah, well, I've never done plant medicine, but I will say I'm, have, I have no objection to it. I just never, never sure. gone to it. The people that would do like 35 ayahuasca trips look to fasting and being in nature. So being out in nature after a 48-hour fast, the amount of insight that you get from that, it oh. primes you to the point to where you're like unpacking stuff deep in your subconscious where you have to deal with like, hey, this is me, this is my body. And then what's crazy about that is because I do that quite often, like going out in nature fasting, is how it removes yourself and you're able to have like this third-party neutral observer effect of your own life, simultaneously like being inside your body, but you're just much more in, in touch with that. Um, so, No, it's great insights. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I don't really have much to say to that other than just saying like, I, when, I, when, I, when I first started hardcore fasting, and I've never said, share, I'll share the story with you. I've never told anybody other than Monica and my sales director, and I told Jim this. I literally was at about 56 hours in my fast. I was working on the TOT Bible. It was deep in thought. I was in my office. It was a Sunday afternoon. And I went outside my office to walk because I would sometimes, for inspiration, I would go outside and I would walk um, around our building and just kind of like put my hat face up like this and leave, absorb the sun. And this was, I think, I want to say this was in October, so it wasn't super hot. Um, and when I was walking out the door, I swear it's going to sound crazy, but it's still 100% truth. I opened up the door and, you know, it's a business complex and it's Sunday and there's no one there. But I opened up the door of ours and I'm in the hallway of our business complex. And I looked down and there's a cricket. Okay. And I'm just like, oh, and I literally, bro the cricket was communicating with me. The cricket literally somehow basically tele telepathically told me that it wanted to get outside. And I was kind of like, what the fuck is going on? But I was very cognizant of like, you know, I looked around to see if anybody was around me. And, you know, there was no one, of course. It was Sunday afternoon. And I went down and put my hand down. It literally, bro, it jumped into my hand. And I, it didn't even jump out of my hand, dude. I put my hand down, and as I put my hand down to the ground, right by the grass and the edge of the concrete of, the, of, of our back parking lot, it jumped right out of my hand and went into the grass, and it stopped. Didn't run away, freak out, and it literally then said to me in some weird way, like, thanks. And I sensed it. I, I, I physiologically sensed it more than I telepathically heard it. And it was just the most profound thing. And I was, I started to walk further around just thinking, okay, what just happened? You know, and then, you know, my ego is telling me to look around and see if people say I'm crazy. And then as I was walking around, as I was walking around the building, I was like, I didn't, I don't carry my phone when I was doing this because I was more inspired. I was like, not freaked out, but just like, wow, I just experienced the first time in my life, actual 
physiological connection with nature. And it was at that moment that I realized that nature is God. And that when you're in nature and you're listening, you know, again, you're being silent, you're attempting to get into stillness, that's when you will get divine inspiration. That's when you will be, you know, inspired in ways you can't describe. And, you know, at the time I didn't know Hunter, but like I, I created that book which is one of the most inspiring books ever written. And I've completely forgotten about it, but that I, that book was part of the inspiration that I was getting from God, the divine still light, you know, that energy. And, and, and when I, when I'm not knowing at the time, but I was literally connected to that energy stream and that's how that little um, cricket communicated with me. But again, I didn't know it at the time. And I really honestly didn't even know any of this until like the last year when I was reading Walter Russell, I just thought I was just kind of like, wow, you know, it's amazing. You can connect with nature. But now I realize that nature is God. And when you're connected and listening, you can literally experience those type of things. And, you know, there are many people out there that can talk to you about how they talk to the trees. They hear the trees whistling. All the indigenous in Mesoamerica, you know, communicate, especially the shamans and stuff like that. You know, they communicate with um, nature. I was actually in Sedona in February earlier this year. And if you've never been there, I mean, that's like... Oh, yeah. No, I've been there. It can't even... Like, you can't even describe it when you're there because you're so awestruck. We went hiking and everything and had, like, a guide that took us off, like, off trail and everything. Right. Um, but it literally is being connected. And then it almost is, like, everything is one giant synchronicity. So exactly. you understand that, like, there's past, present, future. It's all kind of intertwined. Then you understand that, like, any event that happens, there's a specific reason and this iteration of reality that that had to happen and then led to everything else. And you can see that better as opposed to just like you're just going through the day, you're an NPC, you don't know what's going on and everything's like attacking you. Or, you know. Well, well, well to, to what you just said, because it's profound and important is we are at base all one. We're all connected to the divine mind of God. You know, like I say, and again, you know, giving Russell a little bit of credit and I get this from David Hawkins too, but at our base essence of energy, as, which really, again, is our spirit, our soul. We're all connected to God because we're a part of God. So in reality, when we're in connection to that divine frequency of source and your recognition that you're enjoying your physical experience for the experience, right? So it's the experience of source, God, wanting to experience whatever your physical body in this incarnation, and we have many, right, um, can learn. So it's just one giant learning experience. So once you get down to that meta granular level and you realize like, hey man, yeah, I always think of that story, you know, from uh, what was it? Uh, Shawshank Redemption. You can get busy dying or you can get busy trying, right? Yeah. And so it's like, you can get all caught up in the, and I have these days, I've had really negative days the last three days. We went into Mercury retrograde on Friday and I've had like a crazy weekend. I actually got food poisoning from eating some mad grass-fed beef. But if you want to focus and get and stuck in like what you don't have, right, or what's lack or what like your, why your life is not going the way you want it, then if you think about it again gradually, like then how are you benefiting the experience of God while here? So, and again, it's, I'm kind of oversimplifying it, but, you know, just take a step back and be like, wait a minute, I got to be positive because really all of this shit the money magic system is meaningless. What does matter is my experience that source feels, you know, and again, I'll give credit to my wife, you know, 
there's only two purposes, right? For men and women, why we're here in physical, and that is to give and to receive love. There is nothing else. You know, making money, having nice cars, buying houses, selling real estate, getting that fat check. That shit is all meaningless. You're not taking that with you upon physical avatar body death, but you are taking with you the experience of giving and receiving love, which again, source, which is, you know, nature, God, love itself, God is love, is absorbing. And so the more of that you give back to source, the more you give back to humanity and all of sentient life, right? Because it's one giant hive mind collective. And then dude, Hunter, the next life that you take or you know, incarnate in, if you do come back in physical, is better. It's like a stepping stone because you have more of that love in your spirit being, in your soul. And so every time you now experience a new you know, physical body or incarnation, you're just one step higher on the law, on the, on the wrong, you know, and obviously when you come back into physical, you do forget. Yeah, it's the whole veil of forgetting forgetfulness so that you continue to experience and learn because you wouldn't experience and learn if you remembered. So it's like, you know, now you're just higher, you know? So it's like when you see a being that is amazing, right. And I don't want to give names, but like, you know, a, a great avatar being, and, and Jesus doesn't really count, but like someone who's really matured soul-wise, self-mastery, bro, they've lived a long- Six to 700, 800 on the scale. They have lived a long time to get there. They have incarnated probably thousands of times to be there. So you, me, people like us of our awareness, bro, we are ancient souls. You don't get here. And again, I've done a lot of work on this and a lot of my- meditation and contemplation and thinking about this but you cannot be aware at this level without you know incarnating many times and learning and you know being burned at the stake and you know saying no and saying you know resisting and doing all the things that we did to get here because you your soul had to experience it and again it's god's you know destiny of for all souls to experience the experience yeah, that's powerful too, because I just thought back to, so when I was younger, you'd be like in college and stuff, and I'm a pretty introverted person by nature, but like people like to party and stuff all the time, and I just like, to me, it seems so pointless. Yeah, it is. Like in terms, of, and I didn't really know at the time, like what I was seeking, you know, and like whether it was just like higher level of enlightenment or just being closer to God, but for anyone out there that's listening to that, and you kind of like feel like that, or you're in a spot like that, I promise there's you're, you're feeling the same thing that right. we're kind of talking about. And some people just have to learn their lesson the hard way and they'll never experience it. Let me, let me add something to what you just said, because you, you really walk, you really walk in the path and you're, you're bringing up some really fantastic salient points that here's the truth about this. And I, it took me a long time to learn this. Those people that are enjoying the ride, right? They're getting high, getting fucked up. You know, they just choose a life of like immoral, they're just here to like, you know, ex- you know, create nothing and enjoy everything, right? Like they're just in their infancy as souls. Like they really, really are. Like they're just like, you know what? I'm all about like feeling amazing and just going from high to low and up and everywhere in between. And it's like, that's fine, right? Like we can accept them and allow them to be who they are, but you just have to know. And again, without judgment, it's not easy to get there, but You just have to know when you see those type of souls, they're just in their infancy. They're baby souls. They're very new souls. 
and they're, you know, you just, when you, when you come across them, you know, thank them, send them love, bless them, be happy with them. And again, accept and allow them, but do not get into a relationship with them. Do not build. I mean, seriously, do not build anything of substance. Yeah. Do not build anything of substance in, in physical form with those beings and just recognize them for who they are and accept them. Um, but you know, to end this show, I definitely, and by the way, it's been amazing. I definitely want to talk about vibration, you know, and I know that's kind of the end. I think we've covered pretty much everything else. I mean, um, we can talk a little bit about GHKCU real quick, just from a biohacking standpoint, the FAQ on our site is going to be done in about a week. Um, and there's going to be every question you could possibly answer about like all the products that I sell, which obviously we didn't talk about GHKCU. GHKCU as a copper peptide, we talked a little bit about it, but it is amazing. One thing I'll tell you that we're coming out with, and no one knows this really, um, and I have a picture, but I won't show you, is that it actually helps against sunburns better than anything on the planet. Like there's nothing, like you get a second or third degree burn, you can be a real ginger and get burned and put GHKCU on it went to 24 to 36 hours, bro. It completely heals. Your skin goes back to your normal skin color. It's amazing. So Nick is working on that product. But should you put it on before, like a sunscreen, or like if you're like I'm going to the beach in a week? Should I put it on? You, de you definitely can, but you know the problem with it is it'll leave a little bit of a greasy residue. So uh -huh. if you're okay with that, which you know it's sunburn stuff, yeah, you absolutely can. And Nick talks about that, but yeah, you absolutely can. Um, but you know the product that we're going to develop is actually going to be like a post. So if you do get uh -huh. sunburned. But that's a good point because you could definitely wear it. Um, it just won't spread because uh -huh. it absorbs so instantly. You can't really get it all up and down. So you probably use a lot. Yeah. That's the only issue, but you can, but, but, but just go back to vibration. And obviously, you know, at the end of the podcast, we can talk about where people can get these things and stuff like that. But vibration, I mean, as you know, dude, I've become the raise your vibration guy, right? Like that's, you know, on my website, you go to jccampbell.com. It's the first thing you see. It's Jay Campbell and my logo with the flower of life, you know, right here. And then it's just raising your vibration, right? Well, it's funny because a really smart guy who's actually, his name is Matt Presty. He is, and by the way, I'm breaking this on your show. So it's a, this is a really awesome, awesome. conversation. He is a really smart person who is the, uh, essentially the, not the curator, but he's kind of like their spokesperson for the Walter Russell Foundation, which they call Russellian science. And Matt's a brilliant guy. And him and I are about to do a podcast together. But, you know, he did not come at me, but I've been watching some of his stuff and he's been saying that when you say raise your vibration, you're kind of creating a situation that's like not real relative to where you really want to go. And he's right. And let me explain what I mean by that. So for the, and you know, obviously we'll use this Hawkins scale, right? And you're obviously very familiar, but maybe not all the people that will watch this podcast are, but the average person in humanity which I would say, you know, according to Hawkins, was 80%. Let's say we've got a bump because of the new central spiritual sun energy that's hitting the planet. So let's say 5% more people have awakened. But let's say that 75% of humanity right now is vibrating below the line of integrity, right? And again, on the scale, it's 200, right? And I'm not going to get into it, but if you're, below, if you're below the line of integrity, you're less than an animal. An animal has more consciousness than you do. Dog, dog wagging his tail is like three. exactly, exactly. So, so, so the reality is, is like if you're here, which again, seventy-five percent of humanity is, you don't have a focus on helping others. You are in service to self, right? Totally in service to self. So, as Matt says, because this is true, 
when he says in the consciousness community, we don't, you know, people say raise your vibration. He says, no, that's not what we want because when we connect with the divine still light of God, we want to lower our vibration because we want to be still. Now here's, he's right, but let me explain where he's wrong. And again, he's not wrong. This is just semantics. The masses are here. So we want the masses to raise their vibration through their acts, through service, through love, kindness, forgiveness, peace, reverence, understanding, all those things, acceptance, until they get to right here, right? And again, hard to get to right here and stay there. You know, like someone like me, you know, I'm probably in 500 most of the time, but you know, I get into arguments, somebody cuts me off in traffic, you drop down, right? So the goal is like, when you drop down, you want to catch yourself before you get to 350 and then get right back out. Hmm, that's weird. Why am I acting like an asshole in response to another asshole? Right? Talking bad about people and then you catch yourself. Like, oh. Right, right, right. So it's like, it, it, it's like you, when you get here to here, you want to catch yourself right and keep your state so that, you know, the change is very gradual and then you go right back to being high vibration. But to, to, to make sense, so we want most people to raise their vibration because again, 75% are low vibration. And without changing the topic too much, as you know, when you're down here, the bad guys can remote pilot you and tune you up like a- You may urge all day a puppet right so when you do get somewhere around here let's just say for shits and giggles you're between 350 and 500 and that's where you are you do want to lower your vibration when you are connecting in the divine still light of god meditation contemplation in nature because again you want to be silent or be still and know and then experience universal consciousness and awareness so when he says people shouldn't say raise your vibration. He's talking about advanced conscious people who are here already. And then when they're, you know, connecting with God in silence, which is again, meditation or, you know, whatever prayer or worship or invocations they do, it's only at that time. But for the average person, and again, I've never, like I said, I've never differentiated this. I just left a comment on his YouTube channel and he wrote back to me and he's like, wow. He's like, we got to talk. But I want people to understand that the average person, again, watching your podcast, even watching my podcast, is vibrating below the line of integrity. Okay, hopefully the majority of us, my listeners, your listeners, are learning and conscious now and moving on the game. And, and, by, and by the way, there's no judgment if you're down here. This is part of your soul's maturation and evolution. You're, you're wanting to go up here. But when you do get to here, you do lower your vibration at that moment when you're being silent, right? And, and, and I'm working on myself doing my cardio in the morning on my bike and being completely silent. Like there is a way, and Russell talks about this, where you are so connected to that universal field of source consciousness, the God frequency, that you can sync your physiological motion, which is again, you know, me pedaling and reading so that I am still, and my vibration is really, really low. Now, obviously, I'm not doing high intensity. You couldn't do high intensity, but moderate intensity, steady state, you could do this. And so this is like the game that I've been playing with myself for the last four months since COVID started. Like how much in sync can I be connected and still doing my cardio, right? It's not easy. Like you really have to channel that energy and channel that stillness so that you can do the activity. And again, I wouldn't re recommend this for people. You know, most people are going to watch this and say, oh, Jay's lost it. 
you know, he's talking about being still and also moving, but you can do it. And again, and there's something to that too, because I've read all of Joe Dispen, Dr. Joe Dispenza's books. Yeah, he talks about it. Yeah, one of the methods of meditation is walking meditation where you can actually be moving. I think there's something too to that when you're, I like walking and thinking at the same time, that you're stimulating the blood flow to your brain, which is turning on a lot of different. There's another book by Jim Self. Like, that's really his name. He's like an ascended master, I think. I don't know what his real name is, but he wrote a book on attaining that state in physical motion, right? Because people complain about doing cardio. I'm thinking about the sneeze, so if I do, I apologize. Um, it's coming. <coughs> Excuse me. Wow, that was crazy. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. It, it, again, it's control of state, but also accessing the power of the divine mind while you're in motion so essentially you're in motion but you're at rest and again physics proves that that's possible too you know a plane or a planet you know and again i don't know if we have a planet here or a firmament or a you know whatever it is i mean there's so much illusion. yeah there's so much illusion in the in the truman show but without question you know um russell speaks about the fulcrum and the fulcrum is the divine still mind or silence of god and motion and power comes not from the motion of the fulcrum, the intent of the fulcrum. So as he, as he always says, all creating things use the fulcrum as this sense of power. And the fulcrum is God, is the divine mind. So when you are in creation, you are consciously co-creating, connected to the divine mind of God, then you have the utmost power to create anything you want because the fulcrum is your device for motion, right? So it's like, but it's, it's weird because like you really have to learn that like the fulcrum is not the motion, it's the intent of divine mind, which you as a being are connected to that actually creates the motion. So it's not like the fulcrum is not the motion, it's the intent, yeah, yeah exactly. It's, I mean, that's what a fulcrum is, right? Like if you think about any device that's ever been created in the history of mankind, like there's always a fulcrum if it produces locomotion somewhere in it you know you talk about like the wheel the axle the axle is the fulcrum so anyway i'm getting like dirt nerdy you know into like you know russellian science and philosophy but highly recommend anybody who follows you who follows me who enjoys this podcast to pick up uh, and by the way you know i'll just say it right now like i have a dropbox folder of all of russell's stuff that hasn't been digitized i mean that has been digitized that I'm happy to provide to people for free. You just have to just, you know, download it or whatever. I've got like, dude, fuck, I've got probably like one um, gig of Russell stuff. I mean, honestly, dude, like, this is no exaggeration. Russell was, if you follow the hardcore Russellian people, and there are some smart people on the planet, because he took Tesla's technology and went way beyond it, and he was fully suppressed. But they say he was the greatest luminary since Jesus. Wow. Like his information. No, I mean, I'm not joking. And obviously I've been reading him now for seven months and dude, every time I read it, my, my soul is uplifted. I mean, I mean, he says it very, very openly that when he was nine years old, he was on the mountaintop and God came into him in a flash of lightning and all this information was put into his soul. And then he translated it over the next 55 years of his life. And bro, he, he published like 130 books. That's insane. I mean, it's, there's, there's nothing like him though. Cause when you read what he writes, I mean, I should read just a couple of like, you know, stanzas from like what he talks about, but I'll save it. You know, you can read it, but it's just, it's so profound. When I read it now, I really, I tell Monica all the time, like, I don't really want to do anything anymore. I just want to go into nature and just sit there and read. 
But, he, but you know, last thing I'll leave you with is that he says that people like us are cosmic messengers. And it's taken us a long time and many lifetimes and many evolutions to get to where we are consciously, but at the same time, not be afraid to share this with the universe. Because as you know, bro, I mean, look around today. I mean, very few people are willing to talk about this kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, they're, they want to genuflect and take a knee and make up stories about the way the world is just so that they can save face. Right. So, you know, it's honestly, bro. I mean, I don't have anything else to say. I, I appreciate coming on today. I don't get a chance to talk to people like you very often. So it's been a blessing and I really appreciate it. No, that's amazing. This has been just out of this world. Awesome. And I appreciate you taking the time to come on my podcast. Great to. Well, I'm going to bring you on mine for sure too. So we can do a quick pro quo. Awesome. Um, yeah. Let me know. People can, um, you know, just cause I'm such a podcaster. I'll just take the lead. You don't have to ask me, but, um, People can send an email to my team. It's contact at jccampbell. So it's J-A-Y-C-Campbell.com. We'll send you the books. Um, I don't send you these books, obviously, because I monetize those. But we will send you. If you sign up for my email list, you do get a free first three chapters of that book, I think. Highly recommend people that watch this or not signed up to my email do because my content guy just wrote my J. Campbell story, which is insane. It's like a movie. Yeah, I've been reading. I've been reading that too. If anything, just to get on it to witness that has been amazing. Bro, it's insane. I, and honestly, I gotta give it's like a movie. Bro, it is a movie. I mean, I gotta give props to Tom Zakharov. You know, who 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 started it, uh, and then I finished it, and then Nabil um, from Dropkick Copy in Dropkick Copy in uh, Dubai set it all up and you know created some awesome stuff. But um, but yeah, dude. But as you know. It was a long process for me to remove shame, you know, from my life to be able to put that out there to the ether and let people read about that, you know, and honestly, it was the best thing I ever did because I'm getting insane email responses from people because I think sometimes, and you know this, bro, and you're too young probably to really truly experience this, but you're walking the same path. Um, social media creates a false construct for people. You know, like they see Jay Campbell with his six-pack abs and all his books and blah, blah, blah. And they think I'm like a perfect person, you know. And somebody sent me an email about that today. And they're like, dude, this so human humanizes you and it makes you relatable, right? And it's like, I wrote him back and I was like, you know, I always write everybody back and they email me. And I was like, hey, man, I'm just as fucking flawed as anybody else, right? Like, we're all human and we're all walking the path back to perfection. And it's like, you know... We all have to be accountable that we're equal in our fuck-ups. And, and, and it's like, you know, you don't, as you know this, because you watch my stuff, but like, as soon as you get to a point where there are no mistakes, everything is a learning experience, everything that's ever happened to you, you know, if you want to define it bad or good, that's just your label. Everything is a learning experience. And when you can get to that point and open your heart, it's so much better to live the world because you're going to see things with an open heart. And again, I love my wife and I give her so much credit for making me see things for that way. Cause dude, I used to label things so much. And I still do struggle sometimes with judgment. You know, like I'll see a vegan on a YouTube channel and I'll be like, blah, blah. instead of just like listening to her content, you know, cause I still listen to it and I'm like, wow, this is great. But then I'll just like judge her based on her appearance or something like that. Yeah. So, you know, if we can, if I can leave you with one last thing, it's like, you know, as beings, especially spiritually advanced beings, we have to remove that spiritual, um, you know, we want that, that quick to judge. Yeah. Just observe and be neutral 
and not say anything about their physical appearance or what, you know, the first thing your ego pops into your mind, you know, just like observe it and say, Oh, interesting. I wonder if I can learn with this. Or I always say now, like, you know what, how can I take this and apply it to my life? Right. Cause it's been all we are, we're all collectively connected. Right. So it's like, we're stepping on the shoulders of each other all the time, but only if we see it as such. Yeah. That's amazing, Jay. Thank you so much. I'm going to put the links to everything in the description of the podcast, awesome, YouTube video, and all that stuff. But I can't thank you enough, and we will be in touch with everything. Um, but thanks, guys, for tuning in. Let me know your feedback, and I'll talk to you soon.